0: Welcome to Next Question, a podcast by White's Chapel. This is a podcast created by you for you. You submit a question, and pastors and church staff do our best to answer them. We hope you enjoy. Our guest today is Pastor Victor. Victor, tell the people what's up. Tell them what you do here at White's Chapel. Thank you. First of all, it's an honor to be here with you, Sam. Glad I to have really you. Appreciate
1: here. that. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm the pastor of our spiritual formation ministry. Here at White's Chapel, and I'm also the pastor of our recovery and addiction ministry, Chandler's Hope. Um, And along with that, uh, I'm part of the consultant committee for us to continue to expand our dental clinic uh, outreach ministry that we have in South Fort Worth in the bilingual community uh that's um and i know that that operation's been going on for the past 4 years so now we're going to expand it to a medical clinic so i'm really excited to be here and tell you all about some of the things that i've been yeah. involved with in the past year here
0: so before we jump into the the bowl of questions and you start getting random ones if anyone who's ever listened knows that uh the idea behind this this show is that we pull random questions that have been uh, submitted by the congregation or kind of crowdsourced from our staff uh, and they are all over the map. But before that, I kind of just for my own benefit and for the listener, um, what is spiritual formation? How would you describe it to somebody who wasn't familiar with kind of what what that looks like within what the church? What
1: that entails. Mm-hmm. So traditionally, you know, we all go to church. So we have a, a church life that um, that it predominantly takes uh, – the, the, our routine is to go to worship, uh, have a worship experience on Sunday. Uh, we engage in Sunday school, uh, during the week we may engage in a Bible study or a book study. So all those things are wonderful because those are, uh, spaces where we begin the education of what we believe in, and the faith. So spiritual formation, what it does, it bridges you to go into the deeper level of how to actually experience those things that I'm learning. So it's bringing the knowledge from the head to now the heart and, or the spirit. And and so through spiritual formation, there are spiritual practices that we teach where we invite people to become more aware of God's presence on a daily basis, versus just me coming in on Sunday or coming sure. in on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's that's a that's a preliminary yeah, way of no. Explaining that's good, and I'm yeah. sure we'll
0: probably end sure. up getting back there. But are you ready for your next question? Sure, absolutely. All right, uh, first up, who's your favorite athlete of all time? Michael Jordan. Okay, why? Classic answer.
1: Well, I tell you, but can't go wrong with him so today. I tell you why, and I know it. You're right. It, it's for the most part, a lot of people think that. But what really impacted me about him, because I will get this is somewhat of a philosophy. So, in one of the documentaries that I I watched about, uh, you know, they were interviewing him and he talked about his getting better at his craft. He came out during was that doc- the Last Dance? No, no, no. This was uh one? airtime that's what it's called it's a much older documentary but in that in that documentary he explained how when he first came out of the league everybody knew his game they knew that he could just go and uh uh, slam dunk the the ball that was his move right his his signature move but he had no defense he had no other you know outside shot none of the things that he then developed Mm -hmm. then the other thing too when when defenses Figure that that was his only move. Well, when he would come to the paint, they would just knock him. I mean, you know, NBA has changed a lot as far as rules. So yeah. They would just kill him. So from there, he also realized he needed to get more upper strength. So he started to go to the gym. Uh, he got a trainer. I mean, so he explained all this, uh, all these disciplines, which is a word that I, you know, that I use a lot in spiritual formation, but all these disciplines to begin to finesse his game and become better in a way where he had all sorts of, um, tools for him to become this all well-rounded player mm-hmm. so the, this is what what impacted me about him and that made him that made me really getting to uh him be my favorite athlete he said i became a student of the game
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i just thought what an impact because then he became who michael jordan is right so
0: I, I think i know the answer to this but greatest basketball player of all time more than lebron absolutely yeah absolutely you can't turn on ESPN without seeing that. Debate. Oh my
1: goodness! And just even the two years that he was off, if he would have been still playing, then he would have eight, eight rings. You know, eight yeah. ring. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do believe that. So yeah. So for
0: that reason. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's one. Uh, this somebody submitted this one. Uh, have you learned anything surprising about yourself through the use of personality profiling systems? Things like Myers-Briggs Enneagram. Oh, this is a good one. Right. This is a really good one for you. Right. So uh, in the
1: Enneagram, those of you that are familiar with the Enneagram work, uh, I'm an eight. And an eight is- Which surprised me when you told me that. Surprises a lot. I was going to say, does that surprise a lot of people? It does surprise a lot of people, but because they haven't, they didn't know me 12 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) That's why. So this is 12 years in the making, but the dark side of the eight can rub people off the wrong way because they're very straightforward. They're very blunt. They don't apologize. They have no filter. The dark side of the eight can be really in your face. You know who's an eight in the room. Um, If you want to bleep this out there- (laughs) <laughs> they're the ultimate jerk right yeah and the, an explicit word of it that yeah is. but um but throughout the years of doing these inner uh this inner work through therapy through spiritual direction spiritual formation the light of the eight is that they are assertive their uh their decision making is usually pretty in, they're pretty intuitive so the decision making is pretty on target, yeah. Um, they're not afraid to advocate for injustice or advocate for others that can't voice for themselves yeah. in a pure way. Uh, and then, mainly, uh, one of the great characteristics of an eight is that they're uh, they're great leaders. They really are, and they can attract people to to. What does uh, an eight go to them. in health? Uh, two, two, okay. A two and a nine. So a two, because an eight can be pretty narcissistic in the dark part of it but when you become healthy then you learn that you don't lose your ground of your solid ground of of being sure of who you are so therefore you now allow others to to speak so in the two you go into your servanthood Mm -hmm. you you know more of a serving others and then in a nine you allow other people to speak you're not you're not the sort of the limelight or the center of attention and so those are the healthy wings that that Nate can go to. Yeah, yeah,
0: so. yeah. I, 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 I think of all the personality tests, Enneagram has been my favorite. Yes, um, yeah. I still don't understand Myers Briggs to be under. Right. to be honest, I, I just never learned it well enough right. to like really pick it up. But Enneagram's more intuitive. Right, to me. No, it is. It makes more
1: sense. And what happened is that the Myers Briggs, unfortunately, um, people's impression of the Myers Briggs is that they've. Uh, created a bit of a typecast so if you're this Enneagram type that's all you can or yeah. that's all you are And I think that's
0: probably not good for any of these no, personality no, no, things no, when no, you start to because no. I've known people I knew someone who wasn't eight right and that was sort of their excuse mm-hmm. for anything mm-hmm. was well you know I said this thing that was kind of right rude or whatever but hey I am an, you know that's me that's right and it's not supposed to be an excuse, no, right? Like no. it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a tool so that you are aware of your motivation and you're aware of the the tendencies that you have toward a particular right. You know, right? It, and basically, it's
1: it's a the Enneagram and the these type of personality tests they're really launching pads for a mature approach towards growth and deepening. Your, your awareness, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you're so right about that. And just one more thing about the Enneagram. Um, the Enneagram invites you to realize that we are holistically designed. So the nine numbers, we all have the nine numbers. Yeah. Except that depending on personality or upbringing or experience, we default to a certain number. But the number, again, the awareness of your own number is to also be aware of the other numbers. And then the invitation is to experience the other numbers so that way you can be more considerate and compassionate. And that um, – t- so, again, I go back to the, the term I used. It provides a, an invitation to, to to approach this in a mature yeah. manner rather than, yeah, typecasting it's each It's a tool. Other, it's right? a tool
0: to grow. Right, right, yeah. Right. Okay, great. All right. Next question. Uh what is one of the funniest things or worst mistakes that has happened to you during a worship service? Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> so four years ago when I first— uh, I love that you can rattle one off because I've asked uh, a couple other people this, and they're like, well, and they can't think of one. And I'm like, I've got six, you know? <laughs> so, oh,
1: my gosh, yeah, because, yeah, talk about blooper reel. So the very first time I was in a worship, uh, you know, the worship um, uh, service as clergy— back at um in the former church where i come from where you sit on the side and then you go up to the um to do your liturgy right whenever it's your turn right <laughs> so so you know the um, the prelude of organs is always tricky because it has these huge you know mm-hmm. very big time notes right and banging on those notes and all that so i'm listening to it but i'm really nervous because i'm trying to read my liturgy and make sure that when i get up there i'm ready and what have you and so f- somewhere I lose the rhythm of the prelude, and on the first pause, I get up. Well, the prelude wasn't done. Yep. Because it was this big, mm, and then pause, quiet. So I get up, and then bah he hits the the, the next note, and so it was obvious that yeah. I got up at the wrong time. So I just look, <laughs> and then I just sat down, sat back down, right. sheepishly oh, like, yeah. So uh. imagine. Again, that was the first time I was going to walk up to do liturgy. Yeah. Man, I know I was, I know I sounded, you know, nervous I've, I've I I've done that reading. before. I've done that before. Like
0: there were times where we were shown like a church at work video. Right. And the video start, or I'm, you know, I've gotten up and started to kind of make my way to do the prayer sure. or whatever. And the video starts playing and you're like, oh. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, like, exactly. see, yeah. You know, yeah. You got a two minute video. You don't want to <laughs> just stand
1: there. Right. Right. So, but you can't fake it either. Well, in that case, you know, I just stood up.
0: I was the only one up. It's like everybody saw it. It was yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. So yeah, I had a, 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 wow. This was probably a month or two ago. We were doing communion in the Saturday night service, mm-hmm. and I got down from the sermon. I finished my sermon. I prayed, and then I started giving the announcements for communion. Uh, hey, if you need gluten-free, let me know. Sure. We celebrate an open table. Uh, the ushers are going to invite you. This is the way that you go. Da, da, da. And then I realized I hadn't consecrated it. I hadn't sure. done any of the liturgy right. that, that we have to do. Sure. And so right as I was inviting them to come down, I said, wait. On the night in which he gave himself <laughs> up for us, Jesus <laughs> took the bread and he broke. And I laughed, and they laughed too. Right, you know, right. people are super nice, right. and gracious. And luckily. we and
1: we do have to lend ourselves for some human error because oh, otherwise yeah. it's just too much, right? Oh it yeah. Is. Well, just one right, right quick regarding communion. So, <laughs> so of course, when I came to Whitechapel, you know, we have our midweek service. Yes, and so it's very contemplative, very quiet. Well, very tell sp-
0: people, tell people who
1: may not know what it is. Tell so, people. about So those it. those of you that don't know that you should know. And want to know? Yes, there we go. Uh, we have a midweek service in uh, Grace Chapel every Wednesday, and it has a very contemplative. It's a, it's a it's a very reflective and uh, quiet space, and we do some. Um, it's a just a very genuine way of um, sitting in service and allowing the Spirit to meet you where you are yes. in midweek, right? So. Um, so and that's and that. So Wednesday is at twelve. Wednesday o'clock. at twelve o'clock yeah. in Grace Chapel, and so in that, it's
0: definitely one of our most unique offerings. It, it really is, and, and it's it, a cool way to to still yourself in the middle of the week, right? And and you can experience the spiritual formation that we're talking Absolutely. about. It's a compliment to to that. And it's not like a, a it's not like other worship services necessarily at White Chapel where there's like a right. you know, a sermon component and a right. Know, Two songs, a sermon, and a song. Correct. It's it's kind of different every time.
1: Every every Wednesday,
0: it really yeah. is. And 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 the
1: the genuine thing about it too is that um, the clergy that whoever whoever is going to uh, facilitate the the service they bring their unique voice to it because it's their own reflection, their own inspiration, and then they bring that every Wednesday. So it is different. And and, and the fact that it's different voices every Wednesday, you also get to know. Um, the clergy's spiritual formation yeah. experience, right? So in that particular service, imagine how quiet and subtle it is. Well, during communion, uh, I tried, I grabbed the second tray of the little cups, the juice cups. Yeah, I spilled them. Mm. And so so trying to stay in the moment in this contemplative space and the ambiance, and I'm, of course I'm freaking out inside, but on the outside I'm just like... That's okay, you know. It's spilled. It's all over, and we're probably going to run out of cup. But some people are not going to get, you know, juice. But we'll move on, you know. So that was embarrassing
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Next question. So uh, here's here's a good one. How do I apply the sermon message to my week? That's a great question. Um, I wonder who came up with that question. But that <laughs> that, <laughs> you know. So
1: when we hear a sermon, um, and it's natural, you know, it's it's this human nature. Um, Sometimes by brunch, we're, we could be hazy what yeah. the sermon was about. But if we were to just um, take something that impacted us about the sermon, whether it's a highlighted quote or something that the pastor said, and then in this spiritual formation practice, take that specific phrase or that part of the scripture that, you, that just spoke to you and sit with it and be intentional about being reflective to it. Like maybe write a reflection. I I promote journal journal. Uh, yeah. Uh, the journal practice is also part of the spiritual formation, and and it just what it ends up doing it it begins to brew and um, and it begins to evolve this uh, yearning that's already in your in your spirit. Yeah. Right. But because we live so much on the surface, we're constantly on our mind. We're constantly in our do, in our to do lists in our responsibilities then that's why a, uh, a sermon can disintegrate. But if we become more reflective, and like I said, not the whole sermon, but just something about the sermon, and then take it with us, um, it could be on the, you know, uh, during your quiet time, many people do quiet time in the morning, or yeah. during their coffee, things like that, and just sit with that. And that's what I mean by that. Because then you start seeing how the sermon not only spoke to you, but what is the action that the sermon is inviting you to?
0: I've uh, I've just started doing this recently on Saturday nights where uh, I saw another pastor do it when we were on vacation in San Francisco and I just stole it. Uh, uh, but he called it, what's our for Monday? Because we went mm. on Sunday. So I'm calling mm-hmm. it, what's our for Sunday? Right. But basically at the end of, his message, he was like, so what are we going to do this week? And he gave this like little challenge. And so I've been trying to do that every week of, okay, we've just talked about, right. You know, this last week was, uh, like we talked about the elder brother and jealousy and that sort of thing and and forgiveness. And so I was like, okay, what is our fourth Sunday? Let's go. And if you've got a grudge, like go and process that this week, go. If you if you're holding some resentment towards someone and you need to let that go, go pray about it and maybe reach out to that person. Exactly. But I've I've gotten a good response from people who are like, hey, I, you know, I like that's right that little extra challenge, right? Okay, right. We've heard the message, mm-hmm. we've processed right. the scripture. Uh, now, what do I do about it? And what's right. the thing exactly.
1: And you and, and and that's
0: a great way. That's a great example. Would yeah. you just uh, or like I did a little bracelet thing when I preached? Uh, right, I, preached I remember that. services a, a couple weeks a little ago. Touchstone, yeah. Type, and but, yeah. I thought I really wrestled with it all week. I was like, is this? super corny.
1: (laughs) But but no, but you were, because for me, you're bringing, um, you're bringing uh, awareness, the self-awareness. It's not a, it's not a guilt reminder. Yes. You know, so in spiritual formation, we use a lot of language like, um, what is the invitation, right? Yeah. And so it's an invitation of awareness. And to generally be transformed, because that's what faith is. It shouldn't just be the stagnant tradition that we just kind of, we know the routine. We just go to the church, and it just stays there. There's got to be something that's that's moving within that's allowing us to change. Um, and and this is something that I I try to um, encourage people to consider not to be good Christians, but generally to be authentic an authentic person yeah. that embodies what we're learning in the church the in our community in our church community, which is what. The grace of God, the love of God, the compassion of God. And it's so,
0: hard to, it's, it's, I feel like one of the things about spiritual formation is you have to have that willingness to be like, oh, I'm a work in progress and I'm working on myself, absolutely. which all of us are, right. but not all of us like to admit or, or, right. you know, advertise that right. like, oh, I'm working on my own, you know, Kind of like I'm a, doing hurriedness. Yeah. Oh, I'm working know? on my ego or yes. anything yes, like yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, those are you, scary. Yeah, yeah, you don't term. want to tell people like, "Oh, right. I can be kind of egotistical." Right. So right. Right. I'm really trying to work on my pride this month. Right, like, right. Oh, you know. But but you know, and but I'm glad you bringing that up
1: because uh, another uh, major encouragement that I try to bring people to just consider none of that ego. You know, putting a... Uh, you know, a front has helped. I mean, it really doesn't. And so, and especially us as clergy, well, what is my vocation? Well, my vocation is to invite you to experience the presence of God in a deep way, but that's still practical in your life. And that's unique and authentic. So also what I want to encourage everyone that's listening is This doesn't mean I have to have it all right. Yeah. Being authentic means that you get to see my warts too. Mm -hmm. You get to see uh, those things that I'm still working on because that's what makes it authentic and also
0: what creates an actual relation of the human experience. And I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't ever think less of people when they're, you know, but I worry that someone will think less of me. Right. So I apply, uh, you know, a false narrative to myself that I don't apply to other people because I I love it when I meet someone who's like, you know. This is what I'm good at, and this is what I'm not good at. Exactly, and you're like, oh yeah, hey, I I I feel that. But then you worry that if you if you do the same thing, if you say this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm not good at, people are going to think you're arrogant about saying what you're good at, and you know, and broken because you've said what you're struggling with. Again, it's not true. For the most part, that's not true. People aren't like that. But again, it's because we're not used to uh, being
1: authentic. Yeah. So we're either saying I got it all together, which we don't, or if I say. There are things that I'm working on. Whether well, I'm a loser, no, yeah. and it, it, it's not neither yeah. extreme. It's being authentic and saying no. In this human experience, this is what's this
0: is the reality. This is the season I'm in, or and yeah. this is the reality, yeah. right?
1: So I'm I'm up in certain things, and then I'm learning about others. Yeah. So just right quick in in, in the spiritual formation language, we use non dualistic thinking. So the non dualistic thinking is it's it's not about black or white or right or wrong or you know those narratives that we've been. Uh, taught in school, right? That um, it has to be yes or no, you know. That kind yeah. Of. It, it, in in spiritual formation, non dualistic thinking is sitting in the middle and celebrating the things that I know, and then embracing the things that I don't. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have that type of, um, it, it relaxes you of anything, mm-hmm. and it gives you peace to be okay with both. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 so again, it's, you're not selecting; it's just, you're just allowing. Yeah, so. just being exactly.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay. Next question. Uh, let's see, what we got. If you had to have a biblical character as a roommate, who would be best and who would be worse? Biblical character, someone from scripture. As a roommate. Oh, who would be the best? Who would be the worst? I think. I, I think we've done this one once before. I cool. can't remember what they answered though. Oh my gosh. Um, I think. Well, no I, Jesus. No Jesus is no roommate. Jesus. Jesus like snaps his finger and your apartment's clean. And yeah, well,
1: <laughs> well, because he's an eight and nominate. Um, Peter would be a great uh, Would roommate. that be great? Yeah. You think two eights? Absolutely. Because it- uh, eights don't have any problem with confrontation. And we don't have any problem with True. being. So uh, an eight can trust an eight because we're not going to BS each other. And so uh, can I say BS or should we beep that? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> uh, uh, but where I'm going with this is that um, for me, I would get things, things would get done more effectively with an eight and so uh peter is definitely an
0: eight so yeah. he would be the best roommate okay so so peter because you're two eights and then who would be the worst oh the worst that's a great question um can i say lucifer
1: no <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yeah that's a good answer honestly <laughs> that's not a bad answer because yeah, he's going to be pestering
0: with temptation and yeah. stuff like that so yeah, I would, yeah. yeah so so let's, go, know, I, let's like go that lucifer. <laughs> I like that one uh okay Get behind me satan <laughs> what's your dream destination for a road trip so you have to drive to this place. Can it be that i already done it? Yeah. Mexico City. Have you driven to Mexico City? Oh, yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, so, so How a, far is that from? So from when I- Would you go from Houston? Well, yeah, I was from Houston. Yeah. So
1: from Houston to Mexico City is about 22 hours. Oof. But but the beauty- So you're doing it a couple of days, two or three yes. days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it's, I mean, you're going through mountains and sides and rivers and oh my, it's just beautiful. Um, I was a so teenager. Teenager, you have a lot of family in, yes I do yeah I do and in um, City. so so yeah my father uh, and I drove well he drove drove most of it but I was a teenager when we did that drive and oh my gosh that's so yeah it's a that's wonderful now if I could do another one would probably be, um, and I, it's uh it's called I know that it's pronounced Patagonia mm-hmm. the the name brand for yeah, the, yeah apparel but it's um, it's in Argentina, and so the Patagonia would be another yeah, be wonderful cool. road trip. So. Did you see the
0: guy who owns Patagonia yeah. and just donated it that for environmental causes? Yes. yes. Like the entire yes. company.
1: That, that's That's, amazing. Amazing. that's crazy.
0: Yeah. It really is. I mean, every dime now that you spend on Patagonia apparently goes, uh, not, not a sponsor. That's to say. Not we'll a sponsor. Way too much money. But if, <laughs> I know. But if Patagonia wants to sponsor Next Question, we will <laughs> welcome <laughs> oh you. Oh, my goodness. For real. We will welcome you. <laughs> yes. Um okay. Next question. We, we need some quan. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite part of the church calendar? So I guess favorite liturgical season? Is that what this is? Saying? Yeah.
1: You know, um that's a great
0: question. It's a hard question. It is. Because I feel like I like different seasons. I don't know, just in different. Ways. Obviously, Lent and Advent are so, so extremely different, right? You know, um, I mean, Christmas is more fun, right? Probably, but but and so lighthearted. But Lent can be Lent's more, and that's where so I don't know. Yeah,
1: so that's where I'm going because you would think that the fun season would be the favorite, but
0: mine is actually Lent. I get that, yeah. Mine's Lent because there's it, it's I don't know. Not that the incarnation is not powerful, but right. Lent when we focus on on self-examination, yeah, and the and, crucifixion and, and resurrection, and we're trying right like that's I mean that's the heart right. of right because even Advent the whole point of Advent is that Jesus is born into the world right and you know it, it points to right the completion of his ministry exactly. and what what where he you know what he does and all right. that but right. it still points toward Lent. And there's some and, and there's something about Lent that. If
1: you lean into that season, um, you will experience transformation because you're generally in touch with what that represents, being in the wilderness and and, and all the suffering and all that. So if you you get in touch with that, which
0: again— Did you give up anything this year for Lent or take anything on? So
1: over the years, um, my Lent season has generally become more— so I'll give you an example. So it, it, by no means, whenever I share, I don't ever criticize judges. That's not where, where I'm coming from. Everybody has their own way of, you know, recognizing Lent or acknowledging Lent. But for me, several years ago, well, I would say about 10 years ago, uh, you know, I was giving up things sort of, you know, all you know, Mexican Coke or, you know, Coca-Cola, that is, um, <laughs> uh, and um, or chocolate, things like that. But there was a Lent season where (laughs) I know why y'all laughing. Uh, But there was a Lent season where I was journaling, and I really, for whatever reason at that time, I was dealing with a lot of um, realization and recognition that I I really needed to put a a part of my personality, a a, a attitude that was pretty toxic, in front of the divine presence of God. And it convicted me in a good way, uh, because it was this. It was this time where it was okay. I need to let this go. Yeah, this has been long enough. And from that lens season on to every season, from from that point on, that's exactly how I approach lens. So, what are those blind sides that are deep within my personality mm-hmm. or deep within the things that I embody that are either toxic or that are cutting other people off or that are that may not be the best healthy meat. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, I have that's that's yeah. that's a deeper cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's
0: because it's it. There is the uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like with giving things up in Lent, there's the tendency or the desire to like, well, I I need to cut sweets anyways. Right. You know, so it's like, but Lent isn't meant to be a weight loss right, program. Right. 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 Um, it's okay if that's something you do. Right. Um, but but I yeah I but. It is supposed to be more like, all right, let's look at the the parts of me that distance me from God, exactly. And that, but that's hard. I mean, that's
1: yeah, that distance me from God, but also the distance me from embodying what I'm going to be, what I'm supposed to be transformed to be, which is God's holistic way of, um, or not holistic, but God's uh, grace and hope and compassion and love like if i'm if i'm being transformed to the embodiment Mm -hmm. of that then then for me personally what has become the lent season is a place where i need to go to the wilderness where i do need to go to um the garden of gethsemane where i do need to acknowledge that suffering i know it sounds it's it sounds intimidating not everybody wants to run there or go there but if I'm genuinely going to take these, well, specifically this particular season, seriously, then for me it just changed. Yeah. It, ju- it changed from chocolate to oh my goodness, and I just and you so know. since then I just that's how I go. I go real deep, and I mean, and there are seasons where nothing happens, and and I stay there and within that inner grappling, but but I also know that it's there. Yeah. Right. So anyway,
0: so yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Waterburger or In and Out? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I have a very strong take on this, but uh, well, I'm I gonna won't... well, I'm gonna say In and Out, but let me tell you why. Okay. So what
1: had happened? We was, are at odds here. So what let me had tell you? Well, what had happened was <laughs> I had a really bad experience with Waterburger, and that just. Tar, I mean that just like food poisoning distort it yeah yeah so, that'll do it So it See, just I, had, I had that was whole, Sonic so yeah. I don't I don't. I used Sonic
0: to love that. Whataburger but that that experience was just I, I, I don't get the in and out love I'll be honest I don't get it like my uh, my brother-in-law's in town right now and w- with a buddy of his and they're f- from coming in from Arkansas and mm. they're like y'all have an in and out by your house because we live in Great Britain right. and I was like yeah and he's like we're gonna go get it oh my gosh I'm sure. so excited and I was like sure dude it's not good me personally, right. I think their fries taste like cardboard. And uh, I don't know. Uh, it's not a fair question. Waterburger and In-N-Out are two different places. If you're going to go to Waterburger and get a Producer drink, Andrew is is splitting burger the hair is here. not as good as an In-N-Out Burger, but Waterburger offers other things besides just burgers. This is out. the most you've chipped in. <laughs> 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 you hit a. I'm you, not a <laughs> in out pastor. In half a <laughs> dozen <laughs> that's episodes, that's he's that's like ho- he's like, "Hold on, I have to draw a line here though." Yeah. <laughs> You, cereal and I was going <laughs> to say, we, <laughs> uh, we pushed a button here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, here's a good one. I like this question. Well, I like Whataburger now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, what is a fashion trend from your youth that you secretly hope will come back around? That's oh. a good one. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah,
1: I grew up during the 80s, so uh, Arena Rock. So I wore, I was wearing torn jeans before they were trendy. Okay. I was wearing high tops before they were trendy. I was wearing um concert t-shirts but now they're vintage right? <laughs> and uh and long hair. So, yeah. I that that was my style and I used to play drums, so I, I I lived the lifestyle. So Do you still play drums? Um I can hold a dabble. I can hold a solid beat, but that's it. Don't ask me to do any any solos or anything. <laughs> um
0: okay, we'll, we'll have to bleep that question. Jinko jeans Jinko jeans Wow You remember those? I do remember those Oh my gosh I uh You know it's funny When I was in high school I remember being like Wow Like th- This stuff Isn't as weird as Like my parents stuff you Right You know I th- And then now looking back Sure I'm like oh Maybe Oh I know <laughs> Yeah So I wore parachute pants I used to break dance too So <laughs> I used to wear skinny jeans That yeah. Like I mean We all have yeah, we all yeah we all went right. through that phase, right, 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 where you had to have the the long hair that drooped over your eye, so people knew you were edgy and yeah. emotional. But and y- but you were lucky because you got good hair
1: products. I didn't have that, so my <laughs> hair was cut just like this huge f- frizz. You know, just <laughs> and they used to call me um, Eddie Van Halen because I had this long
0: mop just, hair. Yeah, just, I, can, I can yeah. See yeah. So we didn't have the hair products that you guys got. So uh, okay. Do you have a favorite piece of office furniture? That is an interesting question. Hmm. I don't think I've ever thought about So I like
1: uh, what, I, you know, and please forgive my n- naiveness here, uh, but what is that statue, the famous one with the thinking man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have that one. You like a little statue in your mm-hmm. room? I have a, uh, that's one of my favorite things because it oh, reminds cool. me of my, this contemplative lifestyle that I have. That's mean. cool. And so it's that's just a good answer, Constantly Victor. reflecting.
0: That's a good answer. So I like that one. That is you. <laughs> that sure. is you. Uh, okay, how did you choose your kid's name? Oh, Victoria. So a lot of people in. So you my, have one
1: daughter. I have one daughter, and she's how old? Is she? She's twenty five. Twenty five. She's twenty five, but she's an old soul. Similar to earlier this morning, I heard you say they're twenty three, both forty year old. Yeah. Forty year old. Yes. art. That's my daughter. Uh, but um, so uh, some people are under the impression that it was she was named after me, but she wasn't. Um, if anything, the two names that we were uh, contemplating on was either Victoria or Isabella. And it has to do more of that sort of Queen Isabella, That's Queen cool. Victoria. You know? And so I just liked that because I just felt, man, she's going to have a powerful name. Mm-hmm. And so then we we ended up going with Victoria because um, it just it had this great sound with Resendiz, right? So mm-hmm. we just went with that. So yeah. What's it, her enneagram?
0: Her Enneagram, she's a, she's a six. Six? She's a six, yeah. I don't know a lot about sixes. Um, my wife is a five-wing six, but I don't know. I think six is probably the number I know the least
1: about. Yeah, they're really into their, they're very analytical, and um, they think of all the possibilities before they make a decision. I mean, they're just very analytical. That's the yeah. best way to. Not me. Right. Yeah. Which, to my surprise, because I really thought Victoria was more of a eight. But then she explained it to me. She was that I would I would um, sort of chameleon my way into an aid because I was with you know hanging out with you and I knew that energy we had to get things yeah, done and that all makes that. Cuz she she did a lot of youth ministry with me when she was little and uh, and we started this youth ministry from scratch uh, in a bilingual community and so she was my helper and so she was constantly on the move and so I was under the impression here she is 12 13 years old 14 years old I was under the impression just she she had that eight drive and then later on, when
0: she told me, she's like, well, no, I just, I had to meet that energy because yeah, I fair. was with you. I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, here's my last question. And it's not from the bull, so I'll be honest to the listeners. Um, but because I, you're here and I just think you've got a lot of wisdom to, to share in this. Let's say, I think there are probably a lot of people who uh, are maybe a little bit intimidated by spiritual formation or maybe just don't know sure. about, um, I don't know how to get there how to, how to mm-hmm. how to start how to get started sure. and so i would love uh i'd love to hear you talk about one some of the offerings that we have here at white sure. chapel thing ways to kind of dip your right. you know toe in the water but also just some spiritual practices that maybe they can do at home right good introductory ca- type of stuff right right um, right no well i thank you for that question so um so how do you how do
1: you lean into it well the people i can tell you some of the people that have leaned into it that and the word they use is curious So, for instance, here on our campus, we have a beautiful labyrinth, an outdoor labyrinth. So many people don't know what exactly that is. They think it's maybe a maze or a decorative landscape, you know, uh, type of icon or whatever. But so the labyrinth is a prayer space. Um, in, In the contemplative spiritual practices, you'll hear a lot of stillness, um, solitude. You know, those are words that if we pay attention, that's exactly what Jesus practiced. That's the, that's the reason the disciples, the only request that we see recorded in the gospels is teach us to pray. Yeah. Because his prayer life was so impacting because if you notice anything before he did anything in ministry, whether it was uh, healing somebody, having a conversation, being with his disciples, there's something in the gospels that would say he just came out of solitude yeah. prayer. Right. So, so all that to say is that so when people come to me and they're curious about it this is what I just explained is one of the things to make them aware that this is part of our faith this these practices have been around this is exactly what Jesus so if did. I've never
0: done a labyrinth right I so, come to the campus what do I do
1: right so we have some instructions very gentle instructions in, in the in, in the very front of the labyrinth that if if you do it on your own they're easy guides and basically the labyrinth is you walk it and you can either pray or allow yourself to just feel the, uh, the moment as you're walking. Um, and so I'll give you an example. We do a, 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 a gathering every first Wednesday of the month in front of the labyrinth at nine in the morning. And so the people that come for the very first time, all I tell them is, after I read a, a very tiny reflection, uh, bring whatever they have with them. In other words, if they have a heavy heart, take it and as they're walking to be attentive of that and that they're trusting the space that god is listening this is so it is a prayer space when they get to the center because there's a center you don't have to figure anything out the actual pathway leads you to the center yeah when you get to the center in some cases they can either take a a rock which we also have in the front of the labyrinth as a representation of that burden and then they place it in the center and if they want to stay quietly there for a little bit they can't once they walk out of the center area, there's another rock. If they want to bring it with them, it's, it's the Great Commission. So yeah. I'm bringing my burdens, and now I'm going to go into the world. And carry someone else's And carry else's it, somebody yeah. else's burdens. So it's a beautiful imagery and metaphor of prayer. That's what the labyrinth is. Plus, um, it just has a lot of invitation of meeting your spirit where it is. That's what the labyrinth represents. Yeah. Another spiritual practice um, is uh, Christian meditation. So is, is to generally block a time where you sit still. Now, many people will say, "Why well, I'm restless. Well, many people walk, parks. they have trail, trail, uh, you know, trailways, they love to walk or bike and things. Yeah. So it meditation is not always sitting down in a posture. Meditation is any time that you are in the moment and you're not thinking about the future or the past or your grocery list or anything, you're generally enjoying the moment. You are, that's it. Yeah. And that's really what centering is, centering prayer is. Um, and then journaling, I advocate journaling because it's a way to uh, really record landmarks where God has done wonders in your life, yeah. whether you've been in a, in a very bad storm or you're in a rejoicing season, but you're recording the, the, the presence of God in you because, you know, as humans, we have short-term memory. Yes, we do. So, for instance, I've been journaling for 12 years. And so once in a while, if I'm in, in the midst of a dilemma that's heavy in my heart, Sometimes it helps to grab one of my old journals and I and start reading through it. it, and, and yeah. I just realize, hold, you know, God has really been with me all this time. So that helps me to remind me that God yeah. is with me. So that's what journaling does. Plus, it also it's it's you know we, we see talk... that
0: theme is so throughout Scripture too, right? Of remembrance, you know. exactly.
1: So it's a legacy too. You know, if you want to leave that for your children, really to really get to know your heart, yeah. You know, and 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 a witness to your prayer life too. And that's that's what uh, journaling does. So great. So those are three practices that I um I definitely encourage people that to just lean into. As far as meditation goes, many people go, Well, how long do I sit? Now, a normal setting or if if you really have been practicing, like I have I do a half hour sitting every day. Well, that may sound like, well, there's no way. But I started with two minutes, yeah, and that's just, and then little by little, it's just like your physical body when it prompts you that you're hungry. Your soul does the same thing, mm-hmm. and so then little by little, it, it starts to expand once you start leaning into the mm-hmm. space. And so, um, so yeah, I definitely invite people if they want to have a side conversations or if they want to come to any of our classes that we have in the spiritual formation uh, menu. Come and try them out, and I'll be happy to you know walk you through it. It's it's not rocket science. It really yeah.
0: isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Victor, thank you for being here. Thank, oh, thank you, for, you for sharing your heart and sharing your ministry. Appreciate uh, If you do want to know more about spiritual formation or some of the things that Victor is involved in, uh, you can find his information on the website, his email. I'm sure you would love to, to receive Absolutely. people's emails yes. and to, to give them more information. If you know someone who's struggling with addiction, right. uh, please reach out. And Victor would love to have that conversation with you as well. Absolutely. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. I appreciate
1: that. Um, yeah, and just one last thing. Um, we have an Enneagram um, we have three different uh, times of the same Enneagram class. I hope that makes sense. Are y'all
0: doing the road back to you? We're doing the road Great. back to you. So
1: I I highly recommend for people to sign up for that. I think yeah. they'll really enjoy learning about the Enneagram if they haven't. It, and this, it's this a book useful is user, tool. Yeah. And I'll
0: be honest, I was a skeptic of yeah. a lot of the personality stuff for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, like we had talked about, there were people I knew who kind of used it as an excuse or whatever. Right. But... I think the Enneagram is so useful. Sure. It, it, it's a practical tool, just it like really anything. It really is. But it's a practical tool. It, it, it helps me give people grace. Right. Because I can say, okay, this person, right. this is their tendency. This is where they lean. They, right. They're highly anxious. Right. You know, or whatever. And it lets me give people grace. Right. And, uh, and this book is user-friendly. It yes, really is. Because it it's, it's, cause it's an introduction
1: to it. It's not the deeper... Uh, content yet because we're going to walk people through it that yeah. wants to continue, uh, but it does give you a very solid. So what are the dates for that? Uh, so I don't have the dates, but they are on our website. Okay. Uh, but but at the end of this uh, month is when we're starting. Okay. Those classes and then there are three different times, uh, so so people can you know look at which one, uh, which time its works for them, and then they can re- uh, sign up for it.
0: Perfect. So. Appreciate you so much, man. Yeah. Well, uh, we will see y'all next time on Next Question. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Next Question. If you'd like to submit questions, you can send an email with subject line Next Question to questions at whiteschapelumc.com.